Growing up in the pre-internet age, one of the hardest things to come by was good music. Maybe some people had older siblings that would lead them to the good music, but being an only child with parents who thought rock music was a gateway to debauchery, my access was restricted. Their disapproval and distaste proved to have the opposite effect on me since my interest in rock music grew from a passing curiosity into a full-blown obsession. If you tell me not to bite the apple, I'm going to bite two apples. And in the words of Mark Twain, there is charm about the forbidden that makes it unspeakably desirable. And my love affair with rock music continues to this day, against my parents' wishes, I might add. Hell, I bet my life on rock music, so I can't do much but continue forward. When I was finally able to find rock music and buy it with my own money, I would obsess over what record was next on my list to own for weeks, until enough cents were saved to plop them down on the record store counter and walk out with a new purchase. My weekend, my week, my month even, would ride on whether or not that record was good since so much was invested towards owning it. As time moved on, I had no idea technology would move in my favor. My 14-year-old self would be shocked to realize how readily available music is these days through Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Music Rare music, underground music, is more accessible than drinking water. I highly doubt 14-year-old kids today have the same relationship with music the way I had when I was 14. How alluring is music anymore when it can be sampled at the drop of a dime? The easy access of the internet sparked a deluge of music at our fingertips, but it didn't account for time, or lack thereof. So much great music exists, but nobody has the time to spend listening to it all. Even if I listened to music from sunup to sundown, I still wouldn't be able to listen to it all. Just like how major labels monopolized the industry, cherry-picking and spoon-feeding us only what they deemed worthy to pass through their gateway, I too find myself cherry-picking music. With this barrage of music, the joke seems to be on us. It's muddied the waters and made it very difficult to find the good music. We don't have A&R record label people to pick and choose for us anymore. Credible music magazines are being replaced with blogs where any old Tom, Dick, and Harry can fling their half-wit opinions on music out into the ether. So where do I find good music these days? Well, it's sort of come full circle back to when I was 14, using my instincts and combing through the few credible music magazines left, closely following labels that consistently put out great bands, eavesdropping on respected musicians' picks, combing through interviews where other bands or records are mentioned and praised. I'm doing pretty much what I did when I was 14 all over again. And it's kind of cool. There are also other ways to find music. One in particular is directly linked to the fact that I'm in a band myself and have made strides to align, associate, and befriend like-minded individuals who have an equal passion for music. Sometimes these people are in bands, and often when being a huge music fan making music, your yield is top-notch. Being their friend, I'm allowed a direct pipeline to their output. Take, for instance, Jason McMaster, this episode's guest. Jason has been on the podcast before, episode number 129, back in July of 2016. 
Best known for being the voice in legendary bands like Watchtower and Dangerous Toys, Jason is still as active as ever, dare I say more active than most, singing in an impressive list of stellar bands, each one just as good as the next. Broken Teeth, Evil United, Igniter. I'm a fan of all of them. And over the years, whenever Jason has had a new record out, I'm lucky enough to get sent a copy. This time, however, I got a package in the mail from him out of the blue, with no warning, no lead-up. It was just a CD by a band called Howling Sycamore. And when I saw Jason's name as part of the lineup, my curiosity grew. Jason is one of my favorite hard and heavy music singers, so any contribution by him towards anything is going to get my full attention. However, I did something that wasn't very smart to do upon hindsight. I emailed him and invited him to discuss this Howling Sycamore band before I heard the record. Not so wise to do if the CD turned out to be a big, giant lemon. I breathed a huge sigh of relief when the first track, Upended, hit my ears and I heard Jason's voice soar through it only to get hit by Bruce Lamont's saxophone and visions of Naked City played in my ears. Bliss. Pure bliss. I'm not going to go on about the record here because that's what this episode covers. So why don't we just start this thing? Thanks to everyone for your reviews of the podcast on iTunes. It helps this podcast's profile. Thanks to Blue Mike and Skull Candy for their support. Okay, here we go. Jason McMaster, once again, is on the podcast and it starts now. The Dago Joe's podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Dago's crew will tell them for free. I'm sad, but I like to sometimes. Get me in from fuck down. Stop playing hang down, down. Hey, it's the Dago Jones podcast. You can check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud, right? The Danko Jones Podcast. Check us out right now. Hey, everybody, listen to Danko Jones's podcast. Hey, everybody, listen to Danko Jones's podcast. It's Login protocol initiated. Sequencing algorithm interface. The official Danko Jones podcast uploaded. Listen with caution. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Hello. How are you, sir? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm very tired. (laughs) Sorry that it's an early start. No, it's okay, man. I'm sorry that I'm not techie. Right. (laughs) So, Jason, 
uh, it's great to have you back on. This is your second appearance. Um, uh, the invitation to have you on my podcast is always, the door is always open. And um, this is a great circumstance to bring you back for a second time. You are somebody known to um, the hard rock and heavy metal community as being um, an incredible singer, very diverse. And I just got this in the mail. I don't think you even emailed me that this was happening. I'm a little behind. I opened it up. And what do I see is another metal band that you're part of. This is Howling Sycamore. It's on Prosthetic Records. It's out already. I didn't even know. It came out in January. And so immediately when I put two and two together, I asked you onto the podcast and I said, I hadn't even heard the CD. So I, I said, just give me a few days to listen to it. And that's kind of like a blind date because what if it's shit? And then I got to talk to you after we've booked this thing and I got to like make some shit up about how this CD is um, uh, amazing. So well, you wouldn't. That's where you're wrong. You wouldn't be making shit up. Exactly. Having me on to roast the crap out of me. <laughs> right. Listen, are you feeling okay? <laughs> why did you send me this? Um, why did you accept this? And I would probably have said the the money was good. Right. Right. Well, you know, like I. That's how much I trust you and I trust your decisions and your vocals and I just kind of knew that if you are part of this um, there's greater chance this is going to be incredible so it is what can I say it's fucking amazing how the fuck did this happen because you know doing some research on the guys from Italy and you're in you're in Texas yeah how, uh, how did this come about I got an email from a stranger and, <laughs> okay. Uh, the, this will come back around. This will be a theme. The, the word "stranger." I uh, opened up the email from a stranger, and the stranger was David Tiso, who is from Italy but lives in San Francisco. Okay. I now I now know that. So. Right. Right. Still a bit of a stranger, but, uh, and he, this man, David Tiso, who I don't know him as a household name. I've never heard the name before. And I, his email is asking me if I will sing on his new project. And there's no music attached to the email. He's just asking me if I would like to be involved. He doesn't really give me much background or, or any background at all. And I, he says, uh, this sounds bad, but he says, I'll, I'll pay you to sing on my project. And um, I said, well, now you're talking and, <laughs> and uh, bullshit walking. And I would have to hear some of the material, of course, before I could even talk to you any further, basically. Right. So he sends me um, 
and he's very gentle. He's saying, you know, he's like, of course, of course. Uh, and he sends me some, uh, I don't remember how many, maybe he could have sent me what had been written so far, uh, maybe five songs. And, uh, he didn't, he, he, <clears throat> he didn't tell me who, who wrote the, but the lyrics were written, uh, so I, you know, all I had to do was sing. I didn't have to be at and write uh, melody lines, and um, I'll get into that uh, how that worked out uh, in a minute. But I listened to some of the tracks, and they were uh, rough mixes. They weren't, you know, they were a little hollow sounding, like uh, big room demos. Kind of, you know, they were just kind of, kind of like waffly sounding a little bit, and and that's fine. And I didn't realize until later that they were the actual tracks. Uh, well, pretty much the actual drum tracks, uh, bass track, and he redid the guitars later on. But anyway, I started listening, and there was no song titles. Right. It was just song one, song two, you know, just working titles, one, two, three, whatever. Right. And it was, I heard the drum, you know, you know, I, I, I hear this kind of, you know, dissident kind of a, a little bit angry, disheveled, sort of like grinding tune. And I can't even remember what song was actually called song one at the time, because I believe that they're at least slightly out of order on the record now with titles, of course. Right. And, uh, and, and I just was like, uh, okay, uh, let me do one. You know, I, I email him. I'm like, okay, uh, I don't hate this. And I will, what if I, I'll record one song. And so I did what was called song one at the time, which might be upended. I can't, that's the funny thing too, man, is I can't, I can't even remember what, what was, what's what now, because I was so used to hearing song one, song two, song three, as I went through this on this. And, and I do mean journey because the material is Wild. emotional yeah it's emotionally twisted yeah. and uh dark and uh i got pretty connected pretty fast and um i sent him the first song and uh he was extremely happy and then all of a sudden I had money in my PayPal. <laughs> right. You got money. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, which I was extremely happy about that. And uh, I, uh, I, I started working with him only through email. Uh, and there was no... Uh, I didn't know what the guy looked like. I didn't know what his voice sounded like. I didn't, you know, if he had an Italian accent, he does. Right. And, 
I, uh, you know, like a couple of weeks into working on a couple of more of the songs, I'm sitting in my lesson room at the School of Rock where I work, and I have a poster from a festival I played with uh, Watchtower, a Watchtower reunion in 2004, and it's the Headway Festival in Amstelveen, Holland. And uh, Watchtower and Sieges Even were the headliners on that. And it, I cherish the poster. Um, have you ever heard of that festival, by the way, the Headway Festival? I have not, no. Okay. Not, not important. Uh, extremely fun. was in, incredibly awesome to be invited to headline such a, an event. But there's all these bands that play sort of esoteric metal and rock. And, mm. you know, they have different instrumentation on them. It's not just a rock band playing, you know, songs that sound like the instruments are falling down the stairs in time, <laughs> uh, which, which is what that shit is. You know, when you kind of think about it, <laughs> watch watchtower was a pioneer of right. instruments falling down the stairs in time. Yeah. And, um, anyway, uh, there was this band from Italy on the bill and next to all the bands, when you run down, you know, the, the names that the headliners names were very large. And then they, they, they spiraled down into tiny, tiny bits of font, right? Yeah. About two thirds of the way down is, uh, this group from Italy called Ifal Duath. And that rang a bell. So I went back, uh, to some of David's emails, um, thinking that that was connected. And I just, I Googled him. I finally said, I need to get creepy on this guy and Google him. And certainly he was, he's, he was the main guitarist in uh, a death metal type project. that was kind of progressive weirdo metal called Default Duath from Italy. Mm. And so I put it together and we, so we had actually uh, shared the stage together in Holland in 2004. And I never even knew it, never met him. Right. Didn't know anything about pretty much 99% of the bands that were on that festival in the first place. Other than sieges, even, uh, from Germany, who, uh, was actually in the eighties cited watchtower as an influence is the only really re real reason I knew who they were. And I think they were on noise records, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, that's the initial welcoming, uh, first start of the first couple of songs, uh, on, still at this point via email only, um, and that's how that started. Okay. So you've sent him some songs. Yeah. And then obviously things are going well. He likes what you're doing. You keep on, you know, I assume, uh, giving him more stuff. Um, did you, are you at the demo stage or did, how did you guys end up doing the final vocals? 
Uh, he used what I sent him. Really? So what we hear on the CD is what you sent him as like first first efforts. Yeah. Uh, let me back up just a couple of steps by way of uh, saying that he did um, have, a, you know, not very many, but a few suggestions as to like, like, I think on song two, whichever that was, mm -hmm. it's embarrassing that I don't even know what the suit, but you see where I'm at. It's like, yeah, this record is so mysterious and emotional to me. It's, it's, it's really, it's really weird. It's like, it's like uh, going out on a blind date and, uh, and then actually going out, going steady, but you're still on the blind date. Yeah. So have you guys, yeah. have you guys met? At this point? No. You guys still haven't met. The album's out. No. No. This is a real kind of entity out there in existence and the members haven't even it's, met. It's it's like um it's like the aliens call me to get to to <laughs> suck suck my brain and my voice into a heavy metal record. How interesting because on the cover everybody there's six figures in, in robes and you can't see them and I, now I'm going to assume that they can't see each other. I like the way you think. <laughs> um, so let me give you my perspective on it as the listener and also have a similar um, uh, experience as a listener with this project that you had as the singer of the actual project. This was a mystery to me. I didn't even hear about it. Not that it's any reflection of prosthetic. I'm just a little out of the game these days because we're in record mode and and so, you know, kind of block out these things. Um, so I get this package from you. You didn't, as far as I remember, never emailed me that you were going to send it to me. And it's a mystery. I put it on. And over the past few days, I've been listening to it. And yeah, it's easy for me to just say, yeah, it's amazing. But um, it's incredible because it mixes, you know, of obviously progressive rock elements with death metal, also black metal elements. But right off the top with Upended, it's got um, this saxophone that immediately conjured up like Naked City and John Zorn and also last year Brain Tentacles came out and I thought my first thing was oh this is going to be a very similar Brain Tentacles project which I put on my top 10 last year so I love that kind of stuff only to find out that it's actually the dude in Brain Tentacles playing sax on the track and then it's a mixture it goes from straight up heavy metal to death and black and prog elements all mixed up in, in, in one track, track after track. But the one thing, the glue that is that allows all these elements to bind together is you and your voice. And what struck me about your participation in this project is this would have been just another crazy experimental heavy project if it wasn't for your participation. And I think you are, if not the only singer, one of the few, I can't name another singer, who, uh, I can't, uh, Bjorn Street from Soilwork, who volleys back and forth between straight up heavy metal to 
rock and roll. But the difference between you guys, and I'm not saying you're better than Bjorn or Bjorn's better than you. You guys uh, volley between these two worlds. The difference is Bjorn, is his, his vocals are versatile where if he's playing in Night Flight Orchestra, his AOR soft rock, hard rock band, it's, it's a world away from what he does in soil work. But you are different in the sense that from Broken Teeth to Igniter to, to uh, Evil United and now Howling Sycamore and Dangerous Toys and Watchtower, it's always Jason. And, hmm. and this is why I, I, this is what I find so interesting and appealing about you is that even in this experimental um, uh, death black prog project, your voice can wield in that world. It can wield it, it can harness it, it can tame it to your voice. I find the music was tamed by your voice, not the other way around. I feel like I couldn't do something like this because my voice would get lost, the music would overtake it. But your voice, and it makes sense, like I hear it and I go, yeah, this is a voice that's meant to be in this experimental world, this prog world, this this death metal, heavy metal world. And then I hear Broken Teeth and I go, whoa, this is a rock and roll singer for the ages. So this is what I admire about your voice. I find that you are one of my favorite uh, hard music singers. Um, and when I say hard music, I mean heavy metal and rock and roll. And uh, it's incredible. It's it's such a testament, this project. Okay, David is, is a, a, a very... Um, uh, gifted musician, obviously, to come up with all this stuff. But let's let's give the credit here. As a singer, maybe I'm biased, but you are such an incredible singer, and this is such a testament to it. Um, well done, man. I gotta say, I, I, like I, in reverence, I am. I bow and prost. I I I I am bowing to your vocal <laughs> prowess. You are the king. Wow. Well, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, man. I fucking mean it because it's so fucking good. I mean, you know, it's a, it's an extreme sound. Like, it's not for everyone. You got to say it off the bat. But who yeah. cares? Just listen to it as 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 just a, almost an exercise as to how a singer can be put in a position and um, make his or her way through it. And can they do it? It's almost like an obstacle course. Can you do this? And you do, man. Like whether the whether the music backing your voice it has black metal elements, uh, straight up heavy metal elements, or prog elements. I mean, of course, we all knew this from Watchtower onto Dangerous Toys. But man, like, can you do it now? Like, can you do it with all that shit meshed into one? When Evil United, Broken Teeth, Dangerous Toys, and Watchtower are suddenly squashed into this one experimental uh, funnel? <laughs> yes! Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Thank well, God. Thank God, Jason. Because I yeah. don't know how I was going to do it if it sucked. I don't know how I was going to like do this podcast if it, if it blew chunks. Well, <laughs> well, let, let me let me, I don't, let me ask you a question. Did you did you listen to it and understand the record before you decided to have me on the podcast, or did you just because you know we we are 
uh, sort of friends, you know, uh, you know, I, I cherish the moments that we get to speak, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, you're, you're busy, you're a busy guy. I, I'm, I'm the mouth from the South and you are the mouth from the North. So <laughs> the, the, uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, what if, what if you, like you said earlier, I mean, did you, well, let, I'm asking, did yeah. you decide to have me on the podcast before you heard the record? Yes. I, 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 holy crap. Yeah. You, I, I took a chance. Basically it yeah, was like yeah. a new Jason McMaster project that I hadn't heard about. It had been some time since you were on the podcast last and you were kind of due for another appearance in my opinion. And, yeah. um, then after I sent the email off and we, we, uh, we confirmed a time, I said to myself, this better be fucking good, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, you know, I had the time because we traveled to play this show and there's a lot of travel time. So I listened to it then. And, uh, I took notes while I was listening to the tracks Um, to go no to to, and I basically by the end of it I was like the first one upended like it kind of hits you it hit me like a ton of bricks especially with Bruce Lamont and the sax and I was like whoa this is like a naked city thing this is like incredible okay like I'm I don't know I don't know anything about any of the other people on the record either. I'm reading names. They're just names. They're strangers. I have no idea who anybody is. I would have to creep out and Google everybody just to know who everybody is. And so David is emailing me, telling me the lineup of who's guesting and who's, you know, who, who played the drums and yada, yada. And I'm going, okay, (laughs) that's fine. That's great. Whoever the guy is, he's a God. And this, this, this guy on saxophone, I mean, okay, fucking the saxophone, by the way, the saxophone was not on, not, I didn't even think saxophone because there was no saxophone on the tracks I cut. That's amazing. So what'd you think when you finally heard the sax on it? I thought Carrie King learned how to play sax. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. It's disheveled and, and uh, disconnected like an old Kerry King, you know, whammy mm. bar solo or right. something. You know? Yeah. 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 That's what I love about, um, about this record. I mean, that yeah. I, I have to admit like upended is my favorite track because the sax just makes it fucking weird. For yeah. Me. You know, the, those later notes where he's just holding them out, like, you know, like a, ba-da, like a March thing or something, mm-hmm. or like a, like, it's like a doom thing, but I hear the sax loud and clear. It's like these long rhythm notes and not soloy, not, you know, crazy, you know, uh, fluttery stuff. And when I hear that, it made me think of, uh, into the pandemonium, mm. Celtic Frost stuff. Mm. It made me think like that immediately. Yeah. Even though I, I don't think that that's what they were going for, but that's all the only, as far as like progressive death metal kind of stuff with, that has like uh, timpani drums and whatever, you know, 
brass, you know, yeah. it made me think it made my brain went there immediately because it's all I had to go on. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know death metal to have brass, you know? Well, that's, I mean, uh, while I was listening to the album and I was making notes, uh, on my, on my iPhone, while I was listening to it on my iPhone, um, you know, the first couple of tracks, I'm like, oh, well, okay. Black metal elements. I would write down black element, black metal elements, uh, death metal elements, um, straight up. But then by the time, by the end of the CD, I was just like, well, that's what this, this album is. I don't need to write notes for these last few tracks because they're the exact same elements from the first few tracks. But what it is, is just this giant mesh. Like you just like squished all these, these genres together. And you know, it's not the first band to do that. There's lots of bands who do that, but the cherry on top, the crown, the 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 piece de resistance is your voice. None of those other projects have you on it, or a singer like you, or a singer that that is um, able to uh, traverse in that world the way you did it. And now you're telling me that you like you're kind of a tourist yourself in this kind of world. It is even more of a testament to. Uh, and maybe it, it helped in a way because you didn't need, you you weren't swayed by any kind of references or cues. You just went by gut instinct. Am I right? Yeah, I I I, I sang what I felt like the song needed. I mean, obviously, I, I have to give the credit to David because he was so excited to have me, and I didn't know who the fuck he was. And, and I have to give him the credit because he heard me on the project, you know, in his mind, right? Uh, not knowing whether, whether I was available, whether, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he thought other than he was just really hoping now, you know, now I know that he was just really hoping I would say yes. And that I would like the material. How did he find you through like the internet or was there yeah. a reference yeah. that he had yeah, he or a friend? Found, he found my email address just online somewhere. Right. I wow. think that there, I think that he was working with, uh, someone from another band. There's some interviews out there where they're asking David about how it came together much like you are now. And, the interview and I'm learning things just by reading the interviews that David has done. Uh, and I've done interviews, uh, at, at being asked about this project and they're saying, so, so-and-so from so-and-so band. And he's the, he's the, you know, the, the student, blah, blah, blah. And he's the one that suggested you to David, blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, uh, this has been a little easier for me than some of the earlier interviews I've done that were specific to this record by way of, um, you know, well, they're going to ask me all these questions. I don't know the names of the songs. I don't know the people in the band. I don't know anything about this. 
I was merely invaded by the material and was only a conduit or vessel for the music to be created and re or, you know, my parts anyway, and regurgitated the way that I felt mm. as I read through the lyric, as I wrote and maybe rewrote parts of melodies within time signatures and frames of each square or part of a vibe each song had. And that's it. There's nothing else for me to grab onto. So back to what you said about maybe it's good that I wasn't like a fan of any of the other uh, participants, uh, known projects, unknown projects, current bands, past anything, because I didn't know any, anybody or anything about it. I was like this dummy to all of the above. And I think that you're right. I, I didn't even, it's like dawning on me now. It's like, if I would have been a fan of David's or Hannes or any of those guys, I would have tried to probably uh, subconsciously uh, sing something that fit what they're part of. And since I didn't know jack shit, uh, I was able to make all of my, you know, I don't know, six or seven voices I can do fit over this record and tell the story. Well, you know, just like um, I have a, uh, a theory about all this because uh, like the Beatles, the only way the Beatles or like Led Zeppelin, these kinds of monster groups became monster groups are, are their years they slogged it out playing other people's material and um, incorporating it into their own character, their own sound. Um, and you are somebody, whether people know it or not, outside of, you know, kind of the Texas area, who's been in all these, like, name cover bands, I would say, like Kill 'Em All and Sick, which I love. Um, and then I can't remember the, the Judas Priest cover band, but I've seen the photos. Sad Wings. Sad Wings. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you you've spent time on other people's material publicly. Um, I think it's more than just like a band doing a cover song in a, in a live set situation. Um, you've immersed yourself in, in the world of, of cover band music in a way that I don't think cover bands do usually, which I love. I love sick. I love the idea of kill them all and sick. Um, and so I think whether you know it or not, or you probably do, um, it's helped you become this wide, diverse um, singer. And in a situation like Howling Sycamore, you are better prepared for it than any old singer who's, you know, been been on the road doing their band, their material stuff. You are the perfect singer for a project like this. I, I think Howling Sycamore, well, you know, listen, I don't mean to to lessen David's um, music or musicianship or expertise. But to me, Howling Sycamore is an album which reads to me as a singer myself as a playbook for aspiring singers. This is something 
you, you, you try to get to. Like I myself participated in a similar project last year with UC Letasalo from Circle in Finland, where he would send me tracks that were outside of the genres that I'm usually used to singing, and I would accommodate my vocals to the music. Um, and I loved that exercise, and we're going to continue doing it. And you do that in this, but I think because it's such a wild, it, the, the music takes the listener on such a wild journey, most singers can't kind of stay on the horse or the bull, so to speak, and you ride this thing till you've tamed that fucking bull. And <laughs> it's, it's so fucking, I mean, it's such a, yeah, like it's such a playbook for, for a singer to live. Basically, I would, I would hand this CD to, to a singer in a band and go, you think you're fucking the shit? Listen to this album and see if you could do this. That's what I would do to to any other person in a band. It's fucking amazing, Jason. Like, thank God it was good. Like I said, because I I I I reached out to you before. You go back in our email thread and you will see me. I wrote down like I'm gonna use the next few days to listen to this. Yeah, I, I hadn't done it when I reached out to you. So yeah. uh, I I knew that I was gonna have some some uh, some time by myself to listen to it, and I did and. And I, I, I breathed a sigh of relief. I was like, wow, this is going to be fun to talk about this project with him. I didn't really know anything about it. So this is amazing. You can put this on your CV of like the list of metal bands now with your name attached to it is getting longer and longer. Um, Evil United, Igniter, and of course Watchtower. Um, what's, what's in store with this I, I have to say, I have to call it a project more than a band. What what is in store for is this project going to become a band? Are you guys going to meet up and play this? Uh, it's 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 nothing more than an idea. Still, the whole the whole thing is very mysterious. Right. Um, David is a little bit. Um, by the way, I have heard his voice by now. Just, <laughs> just so you know, we actually spoke on the telephone uh, a couple of months ago, right? Right when the record was coming out, mm. and uh, the drummer Hannes, we can't. Well, I say we. Uh, he's going to play on the new Howling Sycamore record. So there's another one in the works. Yes. Okay. And I am going to sing on it. And um, that's the thing is like he wants to do it live, but everybody is all scattered out all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like uh, uh, some sort of invisible mothership for us all, our souls to all ride upon together to create this sound and um we've never met our souls intertwine but we it's a it's a imaginary love affair of our souls and not our physical vessels and um we're you know david is he really really wants to you know wrap his arms around the music in a physical way by playing live but we, he, he, I keep saying we, cause I guess it is we, but he's really 
um, I'm feeling him be very obsessed with the idea of playing live. And I really think the only way that that would work is to do some sort of festival where it's themed. Yeah, and, like a road burn or something. Sure. And where there's enough money involved in ticket sales for fans of this type of stuff to where it would kind of pay our way uh, by way of at least a few rehearsals to figure out how this would work in that type of, of, a, of a, a reality setting instead of just a, a ones and zeros, you know, the digital, um, you know, sending each other files type of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for it, but God, just, I mean, literally the calendar days would have to line up because everyone is so um, occupied by life. Yeah. Um, That's the drawback about some of these like digital only projects is, yeah, you know, it's the, the ease in which it can come together and become a, a thing doesn't translate over to it actually living and breathing. It's, it's unfortunate, I, you know, especially someone who immerses themselves in this type of a thing. And I know I keep kind of like pointing at this part of, of, of myself and saying, uh, I'm still disconnected. I'm still alien to, to the material, to the people, to the, because it's just so weird to me that people are such as yourself are, can I say blown away that, uh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that actually care about it. And uh, honestly, I, I, I care about it because, because you care about it. Um, I don't, it's not that I, it's like, nah, whatever. It's just another rock and roll. You really like that? You know, oh, whatever. You know, I, I, it's not that I'm like that. Uh, it's not a take it or leave it, but, um, I am extremely proud of it. Uh, but like I said, since it's not really a band, you know, it was just kind of this, these magical moments were created by David and, and then everyone, when all of the parts fit together so well, um, only then you start to like, have fantasies about it. Only then you start to, I was like, wow, this is going to, when I listen back to my vocal tracks after I was first, you know, say, Oh, I think that one's done. You know, you know, when you record a vocal, it's like, when is it done? It's like a piece of art. It's like, where does the red paint go? You know, to, I didn't get to use red. Where can I, is it done? Is the song done? You know, so, but when you reach that point, when you're done with a vocal track, um, you're you might be exhausted, or not not physically exhausted, but you might be like, okay, I, I, that's good enough, and that doesn't even mean good enough. Like, I'm glad that's over. It's it's good enough. Like, I shouldn't overthink this, and I want it to be this. Uh, as raw as I, I feel when I sing it, uh, just as much as I want 
David to be happy because it's his baby, right? Mm. Well, now it's my baby too, I guess, because everyone else is like, holy shit, what is this? And why do I love it so much? Because yeah. that's kind of what is happening. Yeah. How, how did uh, how did prosthetic get involved? David just hit the pavement. Um, I'm involved with uh, David Ellison's label, and you know, Igniter and Broken Teeth and uh, Dangerous Toys mm-hmm. um, are all on that label group, uh, and I was going I was going to shop the howling sycamore record to them and david was all about it and he was like hell yeah that sounds great and and before i could get any uh solid answer uh he called me and said well he emailed me of course and said that prosthetic heard it and fell in love with it and wants to go with it now and i'm like well, ultimately, I think that it's better, you know, now I think that it's better that uh, that Prosthetic put it out other than just the Jason McMaster label, you know, with <laughs> all of my other crap on, on this one, under this one tree. Right. And that's, and you know what I mean? And even, even EMP, they're, you know, Tom and Dave over there are like, uh, are like, of course it's, it's better because the bigger that gets, the bigger we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're hitting other people, you know, who might not have, who might not gravitate towards like, sure. let's say broken sure. teeth. No, no harm in saying exactly yeah. what you just said. The, uh, the thing that I like secretly is that I'm label mates with watchtower. Right, right. Yeah. A band who, uh, I was involved with for the writing of the new Watchtower material yet shunned at the last minute for whatever reason. I am not angry whatsoever. Um, I'm just happy that they made music again, 30 years after the, uh, the last record. Mm. Uh, and that I am secretly, uh, once again, um, like on a record that stands up next to a, another progressive outfit that I was, I helped create. Right. That is secretly like an achievement to me. Yes. It's I know that sounds kind of childish. No, no, I get it. Yeah. Hell, I've got a few of those in my back pocket as well that keep me going. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. It's not revenge at no, all. No, but, but it's it, validation. But, right. But sometimes it tastes like that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to take it there ever, but uh, <laughs> you, you, you can't help the human feel the way the human feels. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Why, why does this salty, salty dish taste very sweet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Jason, um, I have to, I can't not talk to you and not ask you about all the other bands. So what's in the, st- what's in store for, I guess we'll go down the list here. Uh, Broken teeth, evil United and igniter right off the top. Igniter has a brand new record out. It's been, it's been out maybe a month or so. 
Damn. Uh, it's called Haunted by Rock and Roll. Oh, man, I got to catch up. See, that's what I'm saying. We've been in recording mode. I'm, I'm a little detached. I understand. I am very, very happy that Danko Jones is in record mode. <laughs> um, Haunted by Rock and Roll is, once again, very classic. Um, not reinventing the wheel at all. Mm -hmm. uh, leather and studs, classic sort of gothic Renaissance European style metal, which will never ever die, and no. everyone knows that. And no qualms about it. We make sure that there is an element of cheese. We uh, wrote some great songs. Um, we made some videos. They are all on YouTube or on the band's uh, website. Mm -hmm. um, we are not done making videos. We have just slowed down because we had to finish up a video that will be out in a day or two called, but for a song called Hatchet. I'm not done with the title. It's called Hatchet, The Ballad of Victor Crowley. Nice. Okay. And do, do you know who Victor Crowley is? No, I just know uh, Alistair. Oh, right, of course. Well, Victor Crowley is the uh, main character in a franchise of slasher, blood, and gore horror flicks that's been um, gaining attention for years and years now. Uh, the first movie was called Hatchet. Oh, that's right. Three, yeah, yeah. I, I think I read something. Three installments called Hatchet. Mm -hmm. you know, one, two, three, I guess. And the new Hatchet um, installment is just called Victor Crowley, mm. which is the main character. Right. So that's part of the movie. Yes. And the lyrics were written. I wrote it from Victor's perspective, which the director, who is a huge fan of mine, and ultimately how I became involved in writing a song that, you know, that's specific to the movie, um, you know, was even uh, offered to me, you know, an idea was offered to me by, uh, by Adam Green, the writer, director, the creator of the Hatchet franchise and Victor, ultimately Victor Crowley was a, a silly character like, like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers or whatever that he actually created when he was in high school. And um, so it's really cool because it goes back. He's, you know, Adam loves heavy metal and he, he loves dangerous toys. And he saw us play in like, I don't know, Boston or something in 1989 and fell in love with the clown on the dangerous toys album. You know, it was a, all right. part of the sort of the twisted horror film scene because you know, Eddie from Iron Maiden and the Dangerous Toys Clown, whose name is actually Bill Z. Bub, like Beelzebub. <laughs> so, you know, all of these fandom-type things go with horror films. And um, Dangerous Toys had a song called uh, Demon Bell, The Ballad of Horace Pinker. Mm. So this is a shout-out or a sort of continuance of that idea 
Um, I wrote a Demon Bell, the Dangerous Toy song with, um, oh God, uh, the guy that wrote with Bon Jovi and Kiss, oh. Desmond Child. Oh, Desmond yeah. Child, yeah. I wrote that over like a three-hour phone conversation with Desmond Child. And so that's kind of a feather in my cap a little bit as well. And then he wrote with Alice Cooper, too. He wrote all the bad Alice Cooper songs. And Michael Bolton, didn't he? Kiss songs. Anyway. <laughs> um, Michael Bolton as well? Yeah, they well, they wrote with Michael. Did Desmond Child write with Michael Bolton? I think so. Or did Paul Stanley write with Michael Bolton and or Desmond are, Child? Or are Desmond Child, Michael Bolton, and Paul Stanley all the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh. At this point, I, I don't think anyone's sure. Right, right, right. Well, okay, so... All of that is related, and um, which I think is really great that when all of that stuff can sort of talk to each other without really having to do anything except keep the music going. And uh, the idea of that song title, I cannot take credit for. Adam was in a writing meeting with some of his people on his team, and somebody at the writing table said, you know, after he told them about me and Demon Bell, the ballad of Horace Pinker, which is from the Shocker movie, the Wes Craven movie, I forgot to add, make sure that's important, um, from 1989. Um, and, you know, Alice Cooper, that's how I wrote with Desmond Child, because Alice Cooper and mm -hmm. Megadeth and Guys in Kiss and Tommy Lee play, has a song and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, on the soundtrack for shocker um he's telling his writing buddy about this and they were like oh well he should write a song called hatchet the ballad of victor crowley and it i was like oh well now i have to write a song and um i wrote it you know with igniter in mind and it's the song is has this big like i don't know arena rock scorpions ending to it you know and it's got this sort of like twisted Marilyn Manson, Alice Cooper middle section. And the first half of it is just all out thrash metal, uh, igniter style. And everyone loves the song It's super fun and silly. And it's all lyrically inspired by the hatchet franchise from Victor Crowley's perspective. And so igniter is riding that ticket big time right now. And, uh, are expecting some reviews to come from that. And so that's cool. Haunted by Rock and Roll is the new Igniter record. Broken Teeth has a record out that's maybe a year old called Four on the Floor. And I don't think you and I have actually dug into that one. You, I know you have it. Yeah. yeah. But the last time we talked was about the EP. Bulldozer. Yeah. Yeah, with the Aerosmith cover and the Motorhead cover. Yeah, right. right. Yes. Right. Oh, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and anyway, Four on the Floor uh, did pretty well, is still kind of lingering, and um, we're starting to think about writing again, so that's good. Um, what else is there, dude? Um, Evil United. Working on new material. I I have about three more songs I need to record vocals for. We actually do have a title track. The record will be called 
serpent. Nice. So metal. Yes. And um, although the, the new Igniter record has a title that I'm extremely proud of, the title that I'm proud of on the Igniter record is called Throw Them From The Cliff. <laughs> I don't know which one is more metal. There's not really anything else new other than uh, me and Scott from Dangerous Toys actually, uh, you know, 24 years later wrote a couple of Dangerous Toys songs. Ooh, really? Yeah, that's kind of a weird and not being talked about at all that uh, since it's you and me, I can I can talk about it because it's me. Can I uh, include this? Of course you can. And what's that leading to, do you think? Well, we, we have been hounded by fans for, you know, 20 years. Do you have a new record? Do you have a new record? Are you writing? Why don't you guys play any new material? Blah, 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 blah. And I've had this, whether it's a bad attitude or not, I think that there's a reality check. And by way of... Um, who the fuck is going to buy this record? Because a bunch of 50-something-year-old dudes writing cock rock is kind of a weird... When you when you say it like I just said it, it doesn't sound right. I mean, you know, am I going to try to write a song sporting a woody, you know, teasing, pleasing, <laughs> just about getting laid all the time? And You know, you see what I mean? It's kind of this weird... It doesn't work. I'm not. I'm not 20 anymore. Okay. And fans don't think like that. They just want to rock and roll. They, yeah. they want. They want to disconnect from their job and their day. That's what rock and roll is for. It's what it's about. It's. Uh, it's like drugs. You know, they have to have it, and they want it a certain way. And if it's not done a certain way, they're not going to buy it. But for me to worry about who's going to buy it, I. I think is too. Too. Um, off the mark. I'm not, I'm not thinking right. I should just write the best rock and roll that fits that can, you know, that wears the hat that it should try to wear, uh, as I can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's sort of where we are with it. The, we have a song that's in the can right now. It's called silver tongue. Okay. And so it's, it's good. It's good. All right. It's it's kind of, you know it's still a little bit too modern sounding by way of um, a fan who wants to hear you know true dangerous toys because really dude they just wait around and wait for teasing and pleasing and sporting and Woody and scared so they can go home. <laughs> you know you know what I mean. They just want to hear Freebird. You know? Right. 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 Well, you know, it, I, I get that. I understand that. If, you know, if every band could be so lucky for that as well, you know. Right. That well, you, that is a fantastic point. Yeah. You know, to have a couple of those in your in your pocket is is rare these days because there's everybody wants to be in a band now and write a song and well, how come no one buys my song? You know, yeah. it's kind of. That's that's the thing now. It's because I, I have this theory that, you know, it's a rock and roll is an energy drink and a video game now. It's not real. It's mm -hmm. not you know, like soccer moms. Soccer moms can be rock stars now because they just go to the Seven Eleven and buy it in a can. 
But I have a I have a different theory on it that rock and roll has now become underground outsider music. Yes, and, and we talked about this a couple of years ago yeah. on your podcast, and you were including Broken Teeth in that. Yeah. And I thought it was a, a genius uh, way to paint that photograph. Yeah. That, um, you know, it's underdog again. Again, it's like again. Danger, it's like this dangerous thing that people, God, am I, I, should I let people know that I like this kind of just dirty sound? You know, I mean, I, I mean, how many, uh, I mean, I have this closet full of, ACDC shirts and I can't wear them anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you mean you can't wear them anywhere? You know, it's like this secret uh, society that people uh, won't won't let anybody know because they they want to listen to the popular what the popular kids are listening to. Yeah, and uh, that's always been the kind of music that I gravitate towards. So to have rock and roll achieve achieve this kind of status to me it makes me like the music even more yeah so hey i know you have to go yeah man i do go, um Danko jones now <laughs> please um but yeah man thanks for this That's yeah of course say. thank you thanks man i'm glad yeah. uh, it worked on skype yeah and let's try to stay in touch a little bit more we've been kind of like not really. It's been a little while. Yeah, man, it has. But I'm that, always oh, here, and you know how to get in touch with me. Yeah, of course. You're easy to find. You're yep. thank you for letting me in your world. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you uh, what we got going on. Love it. I can't wait. Cool, man. Thanks, Jason. Take care. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye. Step back this time